0: Mishnah The Mishnah here continues to discuss the issue of when one has two batches of food, which may or may not have the same biblical obligations for tithing. And just like in the previous Mishnah, when we talked about produce owned by Jews, or grown by Jews, versus grown by non Jews in Eretz Israel, the topic over there in Mishnah Tess was generic tevel, generic tithing on a Torah level, as opposed to Demai. So, to, here, in Mishnah Yud, we are not discussing demai. We've left the topic of demai. And we're talking about the basic biblical obligations of tithing. This here, Mishnah Yud, focuses on the question of flower pots, like planters. So, the basic notion is that if a flower pot has a perforation, a small hole at the bottom, even if it's a tiny hole that just a tiny root could get through, that's enough to make the flower pot be no different than the ground itself, and it's fully obligated midoraisa old all tithing obligations. Let's say you planted some wheat inside the flower pot, that wheat must be tithed, midoraisa. However, if the flower pot is enonakuv, if it's not perforated, um, then it's only obligated middurabanan And therefore, the Mishnah will discuss the differences between having batches of produce that was grown directly in the ground in a flower pot with a perforation and a flower pot without a perforation. The Mishnah says, a tzitz nakuv, a tzitz, a flower pot, nakuv, that has a perforation, a hole in the bottom. It's no different than planting that piece of wheat directly into the ground, the land of Israel itself. And therefore, tar arts nakuv. You can, If you have two batches of, let's say, wheat, one that grew inside a perforated pot and one that grew directly in the land of Eretz Israel. The perforated pot, of course, is in Eretz Yisrael also. So those two obligations are equal. Again, if we say, so therefore, if one is. If you take from the produce that grew directly in the ground and you take tides on behalf of the produce that grew inside the perforated pot, then it's truma so truma, the din is the same, it's normal, everything is fine. And the same goes the other way. If one takes the tides from the produce that grew in the perforated pot on behalf of the produce that grew directly in the ground. In both cases, Trumoso truma, the truma, the tides that you take are bona fide regular tides. However, what happens if you had two batches? Batch A grew in an unperforated pot, and therefore it's only obligated midor And batch B grew in a perforated pot, therefore it's obligated miduraisa. If you take wheat that grew in the unperforated pot, And you say this piece of wheat, which is exempt midoraisa from tithing, will be the truma for the batch of wheat which grew in the perforated pot, which is obligated midoraisa. So you have a problem. The problem is that since the wheat you're trying to use to turn to truma is not obligated midoraisa, it can't be effective in tithing the produce that grew in a perforated pot, which is chay midoraisa. And therefore the Mishnah says, Truma, what you took from the batch A, from the unperforated pot, we will treat it as truma. However, it's not effective in tithing in the other batch. And therefore, viyachs v'yitrom. you'll have to go and tithe, take a tithe directly from that which grow in the perforated pot so that it is properly tithed. Now, as for the question of why we even treat it as truma in the first place, that which you took from the not perforated pot, which only rabbinically required, and not effective in taking a tithe on the perforated pot, why do we call it truma? So according to the Bartanura, the reason is because we don't want people to take truma lightly, to be mazalza and truma and not take it seriously. And therefore, once you call it truma, we will treat it as truma and be strict about it. On the other hand, minanakuv al-she'inunakuv, if you took wheat from the perforated pot, which is obligated to rice and tithing, and you call that truma on behalf of the unperforated pot, well, that unperforated pot's... Wheat didn't need to be tithed midoraisa, the and therefore what you're doing is totally ineffective on a Dorisa level. And therefore, the wheat that you're holding, which you're calling truma, is actually still totally untithed tevel on a Dorisa level. That being the case, truma, we will call what you're holding truma, because again, we don't want people to take you know truma lightly, like the previous case. However, vlo te achel, you still can't eat that so-called truma if you're a kohen. Until you retithe it, because even though you're calling it truma, in fact, it's totally still tevel. If you'll ask the question why in the previous case, where we said when you're t- taking tithe from a not perforated pot on behalf of a perforated pot, and we're saying that that is ineffective, and you'll have to tithe that which grew in the perforated pot again. So we said what you took from the not perforated pot is treated as truma. You will ask the same question perhaps. Midurah banan, that which grows in a not-perforated pot, also needs to be tithed. And therefore, it should be the same din that since what you took was totally ineffective, you should have to go and also, on a rabbinic level at least, tithe that which you're calling truma now, before a it. But the answer is, according to the Bartanura, since it's just obligated midurah banan, the way the rabbits built their their gazeras were, that in such a case, one need not take a truma tithing from that which you call Truma in such a case.